You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast, and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. Hi, and welcome to the first ever Q&A episode of Creatively Human. I'm just going to apologise first up because I might sound a little different today as I've woken up with a bit of a cold and a blocked nose, but I'm just going to go ahead and record it anyway. I'm going to do this imperfectly and I apologise if I sound a bit weird. Anyway, yeah, if this Q&A episode goes down well, then I'll definitely be doing another one in the future. So feel free to send me your questions either through my website or on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite at any time. And I'm just going to say I haven't planned what I'm going to say in advance. I just decided it might be more fun to just dive in and answer with whatever comes up at the time. So I hope you find this useful. I've got a range of questions from setting goals to starting a podcast to um, my previous business, outsourcing, email marketing, and yeah, just getting everything done. So let's get started. And one more thing quickly, um, I'm not going to mention the names of anyone who asked me any questions because one, I actually haven't written them down and two, I don't know if people wanted their names to be mentioned. So I'm just going to keep it all anonymous. So yeah, let's dive in. So first question, you seem to juggle a lot of things like a podcast, your business, and how do you prioritize them in a day or week? (laughs) I'm learning, I'm still learning, very much still learning. However, I will say that once your business gets to a certain level, once you start sort of treating it more like a business rather than a hobby, I feel like you're kind of forced to prioritize and do the things you need to get done. So one example of this is when you start outsourcing, and I'm actually going to talk about that for another question that someone asked me. When you start outsourcing, when you have people waiting for work for you to give them, then you kind of have to get it done. So that helps because I will say that when I started my business, I was pretty disorganized. I was the kind of person who who did things absolutely last minute, like I had to have a deadline. And no matter how far in advance that deadline was, I would still do the thing last minute. And having a business has actually, and I never thought I would say this, but it's actually taught me to be organized. And I often get stuff done way ahead of time now. And I have things planned out in advance. And yeah, I'm not so I'm not sure if I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but how do I prioritize? Yeah. So that's the organization side of prioritizing. But I guess the other side of prioritizing is firstly you have to decide what you have time for, what you want to do, and ultimately what will make you money. So at the moment, doing my podcast is not a thing that is making me money directly. So I wouldn't be doing this had I not had the income coming in from elsewhere to enable me to have the time to do this side of it, because it is actually pretty time consuming. Um, But I know that doing the podcast ultimately will like build my brand and help with my new business but yeah at the moment it's not directly making money so 
I'm prioritizing it at this stage in my life because I just really wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it for a long time and I find it like really creative and I'm really passionate about it. So that's why I'm choosing to. But if I was struggling for money, I would probably have to let the podcast go over other things. And and if I was struggling for time as well, I'd probably have to let the podcast go and focus on the sort of money generating activities in my business. And yeah, that's quite a good way to look at it if you were trying to figure out what to prioritize because also a lot of us have a lot of ideas and that's sort of one of the blessings and it's also a bit of a curse sometimes of um uh being a kind of entrepreneur you have loads of ideas so you kind of have to prioritize based on what you have time for the money side of it and what actually feels good so yeah I have so many ideas I have to force myself not to act on and um one thing I find that helps with that is I just have to write them down and save them for another day But yeah, in terms of a day-to-day weekly schedule, I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. It's not perfect. And obviously, I've got my baby. So it helps with some sort of routine because we've got certain days of the week where he goes to nursery for the morning. We've got certain days of the week where my husband has him. We've got certain times when I have him and we've got certain times when my mum has him. So we've got pretty fixed routine in terms of where he is and who's looking after him. So I do work around that. And I also have other fixed dates in my business. So for example, podcast always comes out on a Wednesday. So that helps with my kind of weekly schedule. Although I have to really, really try not to always be doing my editing late at night on a Tuesday the day before, which I have gotten better at, but yeah. And I have also like done some really simple things, but that can actually make quite a big difference in terms of my routine and getting everything done. And things like always ordering the things I need from my writers in my other business, always doing that on like, for example, the first of the month, always uh, getting them delivered by the 15th. So I put everyone on the same deadlines. And so that I know the days when I have to be doing that side of my work. I also do certain like invoices and payments on a certain day of the week, things like that. I'm not too good I know that a lot of people really thrive having fixed days of the week for different things. So like Monday could be admin, Tuesday could be blog posts, Wednesday could be like Instagram batching. I do that to an extent, but I'm not good at doing like really rigid fixed days. I don't, it doesn't feel good to me. Like I like to see what feels good at the time, like when I sit down to work. But yeah, I do have certain things that I do that with. So for example, like certain admin tasks, paying invoices and things like that. So yeah, I answered that question in a very long-winded way. Um, hopefully that was useful. Right, next question. I'd love to know the ins and outs of making a podcast. Well, I am actually going to do a whole episode about my experience of making the podcast. And it's not just going to be like step-by-step, step, here's how to make a podcast, but it's also going to be my sort of experiences about how it felt and what it's meant to me but I suppose I can give you a really brief overview of a few of the things I found useful. Now bear in mind I actually did a course with uh, Lucy Lucraft who has her own podcast. I did a course with her to learn how to podcast so like I didn't need to do that course in terms of I could have just googled and found the information for free online but I did need to do that course personally because it was that sort of personal input from her that really sort of forced me to make the decision to do it and like get things going. So yeah I would recommend that if you can. But yeah, basically you're going to need you're going to need a name for your podcast, you're going to need some graphics for your podcast and you need to host it somewhere just like you need to host your website somewhere, you need to host your podcast somewhere. I use Libsyn, which is 
libsyn.com and that does come at a monthly cost and apart from that yeah you need to have at least one episode recorded and I chose to do a trailer because when you submit to Apple Podcasts which is basically the most important place to submit your podcast they can take a little bit of time to approve it so I submitted it with a trailer so that I could then say when I was launching the podcast um and then when I did launch, I launched with three episodes just to try and get like more traction and more downloads and people getting like having more content to sort of sink their teeth into when it was live. But to be honest, one thing I've realized with doing a podcast is that you really can just do it your own way. And I have been like changing my schedule up a bit since I've started like releasing episodes on different days and stuff sometimes. So yeah. Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot to say about the microphone and stuff, but I have a Blue Yeti microphone. That's pretty good. And I sit in my wardrobe in front of clothes to absorb the sound because when I first recorded in my office, it was really echoey. So yeah, that's what I do to record. And then I use the free software Audacity to edit. And I will say that editing takes me quite a while. I think the best way to go into it is try not to have to edit. So just leave it as raw as possible. That will make it easier but it's hard when you're a bit self-conscious of yourself you tend to go in and sort of edit out all the bits where you think you sound stupid basically but yeah um I guess they're the basics yeah once you've submitted to Apple then you could submit to all the other podcast places and there's so many so you just kind of have to decide which ones to submit to I just went on I went on some people's podcast websites and see saw which podcast directories they link to and just submitted to those ones so yeah anyway if you have any specific questions about podcasting let me know because I'm going to do an episode probably in a couple of months about that okay next question I'd love to hear more about your previous business okay so I did actually record a whole solo episode about this it wasn't exactly all about that but it was like my 10 years online and the journey I've been through I mean, there's not that much to say about my previous business. It's basically, I started out freelance writing. I ended up wanting to scale that business. So I hired more writers and I kind of managed them and um, we sort of provide content for website owners. Um, Yeah, and it's turned into a, a successful business. But along the way, I've done loads of other things as well. So yeah, listen to that episode. I think it was episode three where I go into my 10 years of uh my business journey. Okay, next question. I'd love to know more about your experiences of outsourcing to grow your business. Any tips or pitfalls to look out for? Well, I love talking about outsourcing because as you can tell from the answer to my previous question, it is what allowed me to like really grow my business. But it's not just about hiring people to do the thing that you sell. Like in my case, it was like hiring people to do the writing and the writing is what I sold. But it's also hiring people to like help with the admin tasks of your business. So I had been hiring writers for a while, but I was still like doing everything else myself. And I got to this point where I started to realize I was spending more time sort of answering emails and doing admin things than I was sort of working on the bigger stuff in the business. So if you feel like that sometimes, I think that is a massive sign that you should be outsourcing. And my tips... Well, I will say it can feel quite overwhelming when you start outsourcing. Like it can feel like a big deal, like hiring other people for your business, but it doesn't need to be. Like you're not like hiring staff. There's a difference between hiring a full-time sort of employee and just like outsourcing certain tasks. 
And if it is overwhelming to you, I would suggest that you start small. And the easiest place to start is actually by making a list of all the t- the tasks that you do in your business regularly. So for example, if you're sitting down to write a blog post, if you're a blogger, make a list as you do it yourself of all the different steps involved. So it could be thinking of a topic, researching, it could be finding keywords, it could be creating a blog post image, it could be writing the post, editing the post, publishing the post, sharing the post on your social media, sharing the post on your email, you know, all of that stuff. Make a list of those basic things, then go through that list and figure out the stuff that you don't need to do personally. So if you're a blogger, that's probably most of it apart from the writing, I would imagine. And even then, uh, you don't necessarily need to write all your own blog posts, but I know that a lot of people that would be a non-negotiable thing for them. The rest of it could be outsourced and whether you want to or not is also your decision. So maybe you love creating the images for your blog posts, so you want to keep doing that yourself. But maybe you actually find that you're quite bad at creating the images and it takes you ages. In, In that case, it's worth outsourcing and paying someone else to do it, someone who can do it quicker and better. And you could also outsource things like publishing the blog post to your blog. So you could find little tasks that way in all the different things that you do in your business and start from there. And um, you'd probably want to find a virtual assistant, a VA, and have a chat with them about how it works and how many hours you need to pay them for. Some of them will only do fixed hours, but some of them will let you kind of hand the work over to them and see how long it takes and bill you accordingly, which is what my assistant does, which is really lucky for me because I don't always have the same amount of tasks every single month. So yeah, that's how I would start. And the pitfalls, well, there are some pitfalls. It is a learning curve. Like outsourcing will take stuff off your plate and it will save you time and it will let you grow your business. But it is a learning curve and it does take a bit of time. And of course, when you hire anyone new, they have to get to know your business. You have to learn to teach them what to do. And it's a skill in itself, learning to delegate. Sometimes it's really hard when you feel so personally connected to your business. It's really hard to delegate that to someone else. And um, I also find it's really important to set firm boundaries and deadlines because I used to be quite lenient. I wanted to be nice. I mean, I still am nice, but I do have firm deadlines now. So... I used to find that the less firm my deadlines and boundaries were, the more people would just like take longer over doing stuff or not deliver or not tell me. So yeah, being firm, having firm boundaries, it sort of means that people will respond in that way back to you. And that's really important. You need to know when the work is going to get done. But yeah, don't worry. It is a learning curve. You will, it will be worth it. But yeah, it takes time. And I do find writing down all your processes really helps because firstly, it helps you um, identify what can be outsourced. Next, it means you can like hand over that list to the person to show, to tell them what to do. And it also means you've just got it written, a record of it written down, what needs doing in your business. And that helps when inevitably sometimes someone will quit and you'll need to find a new person and it helps like speed up the process with that as well. Okay. Next question, can you create an online business if you don't have any idea what it should be about? Well, this question is kind of a big one and I think it depends um, on the specific circumstances of whoever's asking it. But yes, is my answer, although it might take some time. If you really have no idea, then I guess there are two options. You can just start doing stuff. Like for example, you can start a blog and an Instagram and see what comes out. 
and then take it from there see what people respond to see what you feel that you're good at and take it from there and the other answer is like to really sit down and get clear on what you want to do so I would personally recommend like loads of journaling so asking yourself questions like what do I feel good about doing? What makes me happiest? What are my skills? What was I good at when I was a child? What do people always ask me about? Um, Anything like that or people you admire, what are they doing? Just things like that. I mean, it's too much to go into right now, but if you Google it, you'll find loads of questions and I would definitely do loads of journaling. But to be honest, I feel like where you're really going to get the most value is just trying stuff, like putting things out there into the world and seeing what feels good and that's kind of what I've been doing with this business like I never thought I would do a podcast for example but since starting it I've kind of think wow this is one of the things I actually love doing the most so that's just an example of like trying something just to see how it feels but probably most people who are in this position of saying they want to start a business but they don't know what it should be I would imagine that you're probably already doing something like for example maybe if you're a blogger you're writing regularly but you don't know how to turn it into a business and in that case you've probably got a better sort of starting point to find um, some more concrete ideas so I mean the easiest thing you could do to turn what you're doing into a business is like use some of the skills that you use in your own blog and charge people to do it for other people so for example you could do social media you could do writing you could do Uh, website design or management or development or you could possibly do some sort of virtual assistant work I think that might be a good way to start and I also think offering a service like that is a good way to keep the money coming in uh, initially because it can be quite scary if you decided you wanted to like sell your own products or something and there's a lot of work and time and money involved in doing that and it could help to have some regular income coming in while you're figuring all that out anyway I guess I want to end this question, this answer, by saying that if you really have a yearning to build a business and you don't know what it should be about, firstly, dig a bit deeper and ask yourself if you're kind of not admitting what you really want to do. And secondly, if you really want to start a business, you can make it happen. And there are actually loads of ways to make money from an online business that you may not be aware of yet. So it helps to just pay attention to what other people are doing and sit with the idea that you are going to run a business and I'm sure that something will come to you. Okay, next question. Going into 2019, how do you go about planning and goal setting for growth in your business? I find it really abstract. Well, this is a very interesting question because I'm actually going to be recording. My next episode is going to be all about this, all about planning, goal setting and everything. So I'm not going to say too much about it here. I'm just going to give a quick overview of some of the things. Basically, I like setting goals. But I do think that the way we go about it is probably different for everyone. And I, and it's also been different for me, like across the years, like I've changed. I've figured out the ways that work best for me and the ways that don't. I will say something about me. And I do think that a lot of people could relate to this is that I really get overwhelmed quite a bit. So I like to set goals, but I also like to break them down into steps. And I know that that doesn't work for everyone. But yeah, for me, it helps with the overwhelm. And I'm really trying to set bigger goals at the moment, like goals that I might feel scared to admit to anyone and um, I do find that hard but I'm trying I'm trying to sit with those bigger goals and the one thing that I really want to mention now is I'm recording this episode just before Christmas and I've decided this year that I'm not going to be worrying at this time about 2019 yet 
I've just decided to kind of enjoy the Christmas season to finish up on my work and not worry about the goals yet. And the reason I can feel so relaxed in saying that is because I have planned a specific day in January to sit down and look at everything. And not just my goals, but like looking back as well. So knowing exactly where I'm at in my business. And I call this having a business meeting with myself, which you might hear me mention quite a bit. And it's not really like a proper meeting. It's literally just taking a specific chunk of time out to do it. And I do like to go to London because I find that it gets me in a different headspace. You know, it's a different vibe in London compared to where I live in a, in a town, small town. And um yeah, so I can be quite relaxed about not setting any goals right now because I know that I've got that date planned in January and um, I am going to talk more about what I do on my uh, business meeting day. I'm going to talk more about that in my next episode and um, yeah, I'm actually releasing a thing I'm calling a big picture business kit which is going to have all the sort of uh, exercises that I use. I'm going to be releasing that in January as well. Um, you can find out more on my website, it's already there. It's ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash clarify. And yeah, anyway, if you want to know more about my goals, I'm going to talk a lot about that in the next episode. And actually, I had another question about goals. Someone was asking me to what my approach was to achieving a particular goal and how do I determine a timeline for the goal and each step in the process. So I'll answer that one in the next episode as well. Okay, next question. Someone asked me about starting an email newsletter they said they wanted to build an email list but have no idea where to start and they were thinking they needed to create something of value to encourage people to sign up and receive the newsletter but they didn't know what to do okay so first thing I want to say if you are feeling like this is just to relax (laughs) Um, you can start really simple Now, before I get into this for the Q&A, I want to mention that I actually already have quite a few resources for anyone looking to start an email list. I've got a blog post, which I'll link to in the show notes, which is the basic steps you need to get started. So I'm, I'm going to go through some of them here, but if you want to refer back to them, then have a look at that blog post. Um, there's also a link in that blog post to a free PDF download where you can get more information about list building. And I also have an email list building course, which is called Cultivate. And it's all about building your email list in a way that feels good and not too salesy and that fits in with your business and your values, basically. So yeah, go to the show notes to find all these resources. And then I'll also give you a quick rundown of everything here. So when it comes to creating an email list, you don't actually need to create a freebie or anything to get started. I'm not saying you shouldn't eventually, but I just, I guess I want to just emphasize that you don't have to do everything all at once. Like even if you eventually want to do it, you can just start with the simplest step. And in this case, the simplest step to starting an email newsletter is literally signing up for an email uh, service provider So I use ConvertKit, but I know that loads of people love MailChimp because they have a free plan. So sign up to one of them and then create your first uh, form or landing page. And that is basically either one of those is basically the thing that where your people can go, the place where they can go to fill in their name and email and sign up to a newsletter. And that's it. Like that is the absolute basics. And you want a welcome email as well. So when they've signed up, they get an email from you welcoming you, welcoming them to your newsletter. Like that is the absolute basics. So if you are overwhelmed and have no idea where to start, that's where to start. Because as soon as you have that stuff, you have an email list ready to go. And you can you can gradually build on all the other things as you go along. And um, 
So once you've got that down, you can start sharing that form. Like, so you can add it to your website or you can just make a landing page on MailChimp and get the link to that and start sharing it with people. Tell people on social media, put it on your blog, just put it out into the world because once you've got it, people aren't going to sign up unless they know it's there. Also, it's probably worth thinking about what you want to do with your newsletter. So what are you going to send people? Because they'll probably want to know that when they sign up. And also, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there was this new um, data protection law. Um, You've probably heard of it because we all got bombarded with emails about it, but GDPR. And because of this, um, the rule is that you really need to make it clear what people are signing up for when they sign up to your mailing list. So have a think about what you might send them. And just to cover your back, you might want to put something like, when you sign up for my newsletter, you will receive emails from me, promotions from time to time and free content or something like that because then it covers you even if you don't have anything to sell in your emails right now it covers you for future if you do have something to sell and you'll also need a privacy policy and there are lots of plugins that can do that for your website but also if you use MailChimp or ConvertKit they've got information so look on their knowledge bases about privacy policies you'll find some information there. The next thing and I also had someone else ask me a question about how to create an ebook or a freebie that looks good so I'll cover freebies or things that might help people to sign up so first things first the reason that you might want to create a freebie and that lots of people do is just as that extra incentive to get people to sign up to receive the newsletter and I like to think of it from my own point of view. So for example, I am really happy just to sign up to a newsletter for its own sake without getting a freebie. Like I like receiving interesting email newsletters direct in my inbox. But I will say that often the freebie is the thing that like makes me take make the effort to sign up in the first place. Like for example, if I'm strolling, uh, scrolling on Instagram and someone says, oh, I've got a newsletter, I might think, oh, that's good. I'll check it out later. But if they say, oh, I've just released this free checklist on how to like declutter your wardrobe or something. And I might think, God, I really need that. I might actually make the effort to go and get the freebie and then be signed up to their newsletter. So it's just that kind of extra encouragement to stop people procrastinating and actually get them to sign up to your newsletter. And the easiest thing to create is something that is quick for you to create, but that is useful for your audience. So the example I just used actually might be a good one. So if you were writing about decluttering and minimalism and having a sort of capsule wardrobe, like a checklist for decluttering your wardrobe could be a really useful, actionable, practical freebie to give away, but it actually might be really easy for you to create. And I think that's the winning combination because you want to get it out into the world. And also you don't want to overwhelm people like... I used to have quite a long ebook as a freebie and I thought it was a bit overwhelming so I cut it back and I actually prefer it now in its shorter form because it feels more digestible. So yeah, think about something that can give your readers like a quick win. Like it could literally be a list of your favorite books in a certain area, it could be a list of your favorite links. Yeah, there's loads of things and I do actually have a blog post about it so I'll try and remember to put that in the show notes. And in terms of creating it, I actually have a Mac, so I use Apple Pages. I used to use Microsoft Word, but I find that Pages is like easier for creating prettier um, PDFs. But yeah, you can use Word or Pages or OpenOffice is a free alternative and just make make the document. You can keep it really simple, honestly. You can. You don't have to have fancy graphics. Again, that's something that you can like add on in time. But at first, you can just keep it really simple, just get it out into the world. And then you kind of, when you go to save it, you save it as a document, but then you can press export as PDF. And then you just have to upload that PDF file to your website or 
you can probably also upload it directly to your email list provider. I know ConvertKit lets me do this. And then, yeah, that's how it gets delivered once you all sign up. So I guess, yeah, the advice is just to keep it as simple as possible. Just do the first thing because my advice to you would be it is better to have an imperfect email list than no email list at all. And I suppose that applies to everything else in business as well. So yeah, wow, I've been talking for a while now. Um, I liked these questions. I hope you find the answers useful. There are quite a mixed bag of topics, but obviously I didn't answer them all because I said I'm going to do future episodes about podcasting and a future episode about setting goals. So yeah, the goal setting episode actually is going to come out first thing in January. So I really hope you like it. And in the meantime, booking that business meeting with yourself for January, it feels really good, honestly, to know that you have that covered. Anyway, I'll have a great um, Christmas if you're listening to this in December and I will catch you again in the new year. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business. And you can find me on my website, ruthpoundwhite.com, where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter, or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.